everyone, welcome to a new episode of the show. Today I have a very special guest that pointed out to me that I've completed my STG collection with Frenetic. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Uh, F-Man in the house. So that's funny because when we arranged this interview, I didn't realize that I had all the original hosts of SCG Weekly on the show, but you pointed out to me that I ended up with you on now that I got you all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you had Aquas on, Soft Drink, and uh, Trap 15 was kind of, were kind of like the original crew. And I think Metal kind of did some eps as well, but uh, right. he's uh, MIA right now. Yeah, so, um, but it, it's good to be here. Yeah, I I really kind of watched you guys from the start and made sure to try to retweet and like, uh, since I'm a moderator on Shmup's forum, like really promote you all. So uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, I thought it was really cool when I made my first thread on the forum because for a long time, I just lurked around on the forum kind of like, eh, should I start this podcast? Should I not? These people have no idea who the hell I am. I'm just some rando dude. And so when I first made that thread, I was pleasantly surprised at how much support I was getting. And I remember you helped me managing two threads and it was like a huge mess and you're helping me get that all consolidated and everything. Yeah, that's right. I, I merged a thread and I was like, okay, we're going to have this. And yeah, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm just here to help out this, the shmup scene and make it happen still. So. Uh it's good to be here. It's good to see someone else that's like making content. There's not a lot of places that, that have been creating content. I think like STG weekly, um, shout outs to, to bullet heaven to Saraxor. Uh, he's been holding it down him, him and, um, who's his wife or girlfriend. Oh, I'm bad with names. Daruna. Yeah. He's holding it down with Daruna. So shout outs to Saraxor. And there's some others, other podcast. I think agro sky does some stuff too. And, uh, some other people like um, that you've already hi- highlighted to forgive me if I missed any names. So, so when I first started the podcast, I had a little wish list of people that I thought maybe someday you get these different guests. And so the first one was okay. I've got to get Aquas on because STG Weekly was one of the big pieces of content that I watched and stuff. And I was like, well, he's a host, so he'll probably be agreeable to doing that mm. and then i was like okay i want to get the whole stg crew but so then you know that's you and then and then i was like okay maybe someday i'll get jamers and prometheus and it's funny looking back now because i thought prometheus was i don't know why i thought this but i thought he was like the vip of the shmup scene where he was mm. he like ranch it and the head boss or whatever i don't know why i thought maybe because of his guide yeah, his guide was one of the very first big pieces of content. Like someone actually sat down and wrote down. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm happy because I feel like I was able to get everyone I originally set out to get on the show on the show. And you kind of getting you on is like the, I don't know, the finishing interview. So I'm happy. Yeah, for SGG Weekly. Yeah, but I think there's like a lot of content out there, a lot of people out there that you can keep on with this. And uh, it's been real a joy, like, so I have to drive around in Southern California, and as you may have heard, like California traffic is so bad, LA traffic. Oh, yeah. So 
when I drive around to conferences or different sites, I've been throwing on an episode of of um, Electric Underground, and um, it's been you know made the, the commute awesome. You know, I'm like, oh, I get to listen to a new episode. So, uh. well, I'm glad to hear that because that was kind of the goal. Where when I first started the podcast, my job was literally I wasn't a trucker, but it felt like that. Like. Uh-huh. My job was literally driving around all day, so I'd like listen to SCG. We- it got to the point where I just listened to SCG Weekly episodes, and so I had to like imagine what you guys were talking about. <laughs> oh, wow. in some episodes, yeah, in some episodes I could pull it off, like in the most of the cave games, because it's pretty familiar with those. But then sometimes you guys would be playing like Gunbird, or you'd have the Gunbird episode, and I was vaguely familiar with the gameplay in that, so I kind of had to do a little imagining what you guys were talking about. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad. Well, yeah, letting you know you're I'm, you're returning the favor for one of the SCG. That's funny how it's like you would listen to SCG weekly episodes while you're driving. I'm listening to Electric Underground uh, episodes while I'm driving. So, uh, hey, you know, to you who are who's listening to the podcast, if you're just listening to this at home, uh, download those apps and uh, make the commute easier. For <laughs> yeah. Yourself. Yeah, definitely. I remember one day I was at work. Some, day, some days I'm just like totally burned out. I think I watched the entire Ketsui SCG Weekly episode while at work. I just sat and watched it. Oh. My coworkers are walking by. I'm like pretending like I'm doing work. It's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like watching the entire episode. So Don't bother me. I'm I'm, uh, I'm uh, very important. I've got some very important documents yeah. right now. Top stuff. Yeah. To make a really black humor joke. At least you're like watching shoot 'em ups but not shooting up the place. <laughs> there you like go. Workplace. So, uh, yeah. There you go. So, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I wanted to start off by kind of asking you, because you mentioned that you were, especially SCG Weeklies, you guys were basically the first dudes that I'm aware of. I asked Aquas this as well, that were mm. kind of doing this type of content. So was there anyone before you guys that maybe aren't really well known or maybe a little have kind of like faded in time of like a shmup video show or shmup well, some kind of shmup content before you guys there there were reviews i noticed that maybe there were some reviews on on youtube that would maybe talk about things for a while you know and i think give again a shout out to bullet heaven i think they started maybe a year or two or even more before us doing shmup there was also that repository for re- like super replays that was out of Britain, mm-hmm. I think, or the UK. And um, it, they were just videos. They uh, So as far as there, there might've been some French content uh, from a uh, dude like uh, the sissy one CCs or one sissies. Yeah. And maybe, shmup um, yeah, maybe shmup them all because they had some, there, there might've been French content, but as far as English content, I think we, I'm not going to say we were the first, but I I feel comfortable saying we were one of the first. So, and I'm not really too big into like who was first, you know, kind of things. But we were we we're one of the ones, earlier ones, I'd say. So, um, yeah, I think we were like probably one of the first ones to, at least, we also have a lot of episodes too. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So I kind of want to dig into the history of all this is kind of what I want to do, because when you're the first doing something, are you? how did it come together? What was the motivation for you guys to say, let's do this, we should do this? 
Oh, I see. Like, what's the Genesis moment and what kind of thoughts? Yeah, exactly. Okay. What ended up happening was we, I think we were hanging out in IRC and also Aquas was posting to Shmup's forum. So uh, there was a lot less traffic sometimes that would come up. So he posted the thread. I saw it. And then we were... There was some waffling about like, okay, how are we going to do this? Because we were using Skype, I believe, to do like voice over IP. Mm -hmm. And so I think Aquas posted a thread. He created like a Google form or for people like, hey, if you want to come and be like a host, because he needed someone. I think it it was good that we had our two people because he didn't want to go and just kind of ramble on over a video. And so when we were, when he posted the thread, uh, there were a number of people that posted. I was kind of the guy that showed up and I was like, (laughs) I was like, Hey, I'm the only person here. And he's like, Oh, I guess it's just you and me. And I was like, yeah, it's just you and me. But we weren't sure. He was like, is this okay? But at the very outset, we were thinking like, okay, the shmup community wants like very expert commentary. I was kind of more. And that through the history of SGG Weekly, I'm kind of more of a like, let's just kind of do it and go along. So there was some like kind of fear that our commentary wasn't going to be expert enough or in-depth enough. Mm-hmm. But I kind of viewed it as like a comedian duo. Like in Japan, they have like a manzai duo where they have a straight man and then like the crooked man or actually the, you know, the funny, the, the funny off the wall person. So I said, hey, Aquas, like you can be this... You can be the knowledgeable one because he was an expert player. And I could be just kind of like, hey, I'm going to have fun. I'll be like kind of the novice and I'll ask questions as we go Mm -hmm. along and provide like color commentary. And so when we were doing the Gradius episode, I knew Alimony because he had come over to my house. And so I could actually talk to him like, hey, can we use your replay? So that was good. Like we wanted to get permission. And then he said it was okay. And then we went and hit the ground running and then we just said, okay, let's just do this episode. Whatever criticism will like solicit it in the, the shmups forum thread. That way we can be respectful to the community. And then, but we wanted to bring something into being and kind of just kind of do it and then see what would come out afterwards. And then we would trust the community to provide constructive criticism to make the episodes better because we wanted like YouTube had happened. And we were just like, let's just uh, see what it comes comes down the pike. So that's what happened. That's the start of SGG Weekly, first episode. And what happened was, then we started doing more, and we were trying to do it weekly. I guess when we said SGG Weekly, Aquas wanted to do weekly episodes. So right after we did that first one, we followed it up with the next episodes. So does that answer your question for that? Or? Indeed. Yeah. So you did that Gradius episode. You posted it on the forum. What was the response? So the response was was really good. Like people said, oh, it was entertaining. It was in a Twitch or it was like a place where could, people could commentate and watch. So I think that was really thrilling for people to watch SCG Weekly in real time. Mm-hmm. So we were able to follow up with... Uh, the next episode was uh, Mushihime-sama Futari 1.5. We were pretty ambitious because 
uh, we're just like, you know, we, we were making up, up as we went along. So, and that was with Saps, and he was a pretty good player. And so we're like, hey, let's just do it. Because we couldn't get access to Japanese super players, and there's like a big language barrier. So it was oh, yeah. so forgiving. We could just kind of like, oh, do you, does anyone have like a replay? Okay, we're going to show the replay. We're not purporting this to be like the best one CC, but at least someone can explain the mechanics of the game and then so it would also be for people who are just getting into the genre too so that was something that we could go oh if the commentary wasn't as expert well we're just you know trying to get people into the genre so this is kind of pitched towards them rather than like the hype super players that might be going like no that's it and it, and if they did comment on that we're like hey why don't you come on for the another recap episode or something like that so, uh-huh yeah um thinking about that and then uh, the next one was arm police bat rider so the the commentary and the thread people are like hey i really like watching this can i join or i would like to see more of this and so people were really friendly yeah well i'm glad to hear that i was a little afraid the story would go you did that greatest episode and then get utterly roasted when you put it in the the number you have reached has been disconnected for directory assistance information, you may dial 411 or your directory service provider. I was saying that I'm glad to hear that you guys had positive feedback when you first did the episode because I was a little afraid the story would go. You did that episode, you posted it in the forum, and then just get steamrolled because you forgot, you know, all the deeper mechanics of Gradius or something like that. Yeah, I think people were forgiving and plus... And and what's neat about being like kind of one of the first is just like there's nowhere where to go to 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 draw off of it. So like they're just like, oh, I guess this is what this is supposed to look like, you know. And then, so yeah, that was cool. So let's talk a little bit about the early days of SCG Weekly. As far as like you said, you're kind of going off the cuff. That's what I did with my show too. So yeah, yeah, I think, and I'm a firm believer in that too. Like you can plan. But to really bring things into fruition, you just kind of have to go. What do, what, what do they say in Dead Poet Society? Like Carpe Diem, like a Robin yeah. Williams character. And I, you know, I'm a firm believer in that too. It'll be interesting to see if you, you know, the standards have shifted where these days people expect your early material to be top-notch and top quality because even my early podcast episodes, it's only been a year, like pretty night and day difference just as far as I even say in the other episodes, I kind of have no idea what I'm doing. So you're going to have to be patient with me as far as figuring this stuff out. So, yeah, yeah, you have you have to just kind of go do it. You might system and you can kind of acknowledge it and then like and then see if you can do something about it and then just kind of incorporate that in. And if people are hating on it, then just like, well, screw the haters. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When do you feel like with SCG Weekly, you guys kind of started to get into a rhythm where you're kind of like, oh, I'm becoming really adept at this. I'm really, I'm just going off my own experience where I remember the first episodes of the podcast, I felt like I was just throwing stuff on the mic, trying my best, but maybe I'm still kind of inexperienced. Okay. But then as I hit like the teen episodes, Aquas onward, I feel like, okay, I'm starting to kind of figure this out. So... When was that for you guys? For us, I think we had, like, again, like I'll say having Gus on for the Futari Ultra episode was was really exciting. 
that was kind of like an explosion like oh wow this is really crazy and uh and this is really great and uh but i think we started getting our um our footing probably around the the teen episodes as well once we get past like uh, the gus episode was episode eight but as we get we had a multi-part with gradius five we had some technical difficulties but then we we did something when aquas was doing a live play and i was doing commentary on his live play too and uh that's when i thought we we started getting into the groove once we had like i think around the 10th episode you really start to hit your stride because then people start knowing about it uh, we're getting more people lined up we're getting a schedule we're kind of getting our own style so i would say around around that Plus, we were getting more people. It wasn't just me and Aquas. It would be like, oh, Trap 15 is going to come on and like talk a little bit in addition to the expert player. Or it was really nice to have to having three or four people within the episode because then people could take a rest. Their kind of own personalities would come out too. Right. So once Trap 15 and Soft Drink started getting on, because Soft Drink did a lot of graphics work for STG Weekly. So he did the backgrounds, he did the logo, he did the font. And Trap 15 really brought a, like, a sense of legitimacy because he has just such a great pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. He did reprogramming of like this cave hacks for Ketsui Dodonpachi. Really, um, he's a reverse engineer, you know, and he was, he was really young when we first started STG, STG Weekly. Like he was about, getting into you know the workforce too and now he's look how far he's come he's working with the wonder swan and and doing like fire lancer which is amazing and more people need to listen to that episode by the way yeah i feel like i talked about this the other day what is the most underrated episode i think it's fire lancer like no one listens to that episode it's a great episode it's amazing from designers like to hear him working with in the constraints of the wonder swan and then also, who's his, who's his artist? I think it's... Patoing. Yeah, yeah Patoing. He, he drops some serious knowledge in that episode yeah. about graphical design and shmups and stuff. Yeah, he comes from like the Commodore or Amiga demo scene too. And I was just like, whoa, it's mind-blowing to hear them working within these constraints and how it actually offers them. I think Nietzsche talks about like having a horizon. And so like this limitation of hardware kind of gives, circumscribes them in a horizon and it, it allows them to focus. So. Uh, I know what you're saying, where if you have unlimited opportunities, you can kind of dick around way too much, essentially. Yeah. I've been there, so. So it's not more skill, per se. There is some skill. Like I said, we got used to doing it. But as we got more people to kind of come in and pitch in, that's when SGG Weekly started hitting its stride, like becoming a real thing. So shout outs to Trap 15, Soft Drink, you know, Aquas as well, like that uh, just came in and we all pitched in, we all had different talents and, uh, you know, pitched in and worked together to to bring it into being. Yeah. And I feel like SDG Weekly to me always felt like it was very connected to the scene and to the players. It wasn't just, how do you say, like one person or two person show. You could tell the the show was connected to the scene and to the, what was going on with the players and all that kind of thing. Yeah. We would do a lot of research of like, okay, Who's on the sh- who's on the high scoreboards? Are they still around? You know, oh, if they're still really active, let's go ask to see if they have a replay, or if we found a replay, let's match it up. Because SCG Weekly was about 
oh, these people have worked really hard at posting these really great scores or replays. Like they deserve to be to have some accolades, you know, because they put all this labor into it and effort. And uh, I, we always wanted to to have them recognized for that as well. Yeah. Plus, it put a face to the numbers because, I mean, the high scoreboards are just numbers. So for the casual person logging onto the forum and they look at the Dodonpachi high score, you know, prom score, they have no idea what that actually looks like. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a lot of numbers right there. Yeah, that's a numbers like, oh, oh, this is a replay that I can watch. Oh, this is like a person that did the replay that I can watch and hear his or her thoughts on it. And then, oh, I can actually like be live in the chat and I can talk and ask questions like when SGG Weekly's live. So it just kept on building on one another as uh, we start, we got more people to join SGG Weekly and then more episodes came. So it was really organic. It was, I'm really happy to see that. When I look back on the VODs and the replays and stuff, it's hard to know how popular the show was when it was like first coming out. What was the level of popularity of the show back then, would you say? It was like people on the forum would, even if they had like two or three comments, just two or three people would comment. I was like, oh, great. Someone's seeing this. As you know, shmups are still very niche, um, but it's nice to see when we would hang out in IRC. And then people would, oh, hey, you're an SGG Weekly. Yeah, we're having an episode. There, you know, and again, social media started coming up more. We would do Skype and then we would get a Twitter. Um, we were trying Facebook for a little bit. And so those early days, our popularity, we were kind of like, hey, we're really enthusiastic and we want to share this. We knew for a fact that shmups were very niche. So we weren't concerned with like view counts as much. And so we were just like, hey, let's just kind of put out this content for people that are just really enthusiastic about shmups. And uh, if we pick up people on the way, hey, good. But we kind of just want to like, we want to archive this too. So let's just make it happen. And um, we were doing it from a real place of love for the genre. And so, um, you know, we weren't, no one's going to make any money off of it. Yeah. There's no money in these endeavors, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, we just kind of want to... They have given us so much joy like to play these games. It's time to give back. And so as far as I was concerned, the the gain had already happened. So whatever popularity or like popularity points were kind of immaterial. We were only concerned if maybe people would see it, you know? So yeah, yeah that's... So they would have fun. Well, okay. I have a theory, and I want to run it by you, because I feel like you and Aquas and the SCG Weekly guys would be the best people to ask this question. Mm. So I have a theory, this might be untrue, but I think, just looking at things, I think it might be accurate, that in the 360 days, kind of early 2010, 2009, 2011, 
I feel like there was a bit of a shmup boom then, where shmups were becoming more popular. Not huge, but more popular. And then kind of three or four years, like after the 360 days, they fell off. Mm. Falling off of popularity. Because it just seemed, when I look back through kind of the activity of the scene, there there was a lot of excitement during the 360 days with the cave releases and stuff. And there's a lot of content around that time and a lot of views around that time. And then after the 360, it just kind of falls and just keeps falling. And then now it's kind of spiking back up with the Switch and stuff. Yeah. Did you see something like that happening? Let's see. I definitely... Now, I don't know about the falling off part, but what I can do to speak about is like the Xbox 360 is changing the the face of the scene. So here... And I was doing some research when I was like first getting into around, I think, uh, like 2010 is when I when I joined the forum. So, wow, nine years ago. So what ended up happening was, again, all the cave games, they're only on PCB, right? Yep. And then what happens is, so it's two things. Xbox 360 comes out, and then M2 does the port of Bushehimi Sema uh, Futari. 1.5 and black label too that mm-hmm. was a real watershed moment for me because and to this day it's one of my favorite shmups because oh, yeah a it was region free and two if you if uh you all all out there in podcast land haven't seen the m2 uh documentary they were able to do such a great port of the game that and so you could play this game that's ported by M2, one of the best, you know, porting houses. And uh, you can watch the documentary if you haven't seen that documentary uh, on YouTube. And so that was a real watershed moment because people could go ahead and play like 1.5. They could play all the modes. They could play Black Label. And that was like the, sh- the shmup that I really devoted a lot of time to. So that was a big thing. That, that was really exciting because people were like, oh, you can play this. And there was, I don't think any of the other games were out on Xbox 360, correct me if I'm wrong, that were region free that you could play. So that was really neat. Yeah, that M2 port of Futari is really interesting because, like you said, it's really robust and it's actually the only 360 port that I'm aware of that allows you to disable VSync. So you can literally play it with arcade levels of input lag if you disable VSync on it. Yeah, So it's pretty crazy. And they never did that again. They didn't do that with the PS4 ports. Those don't have that feature. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so it's like, I don't, I actually, this won't ever go anywhere, but I did it anyway. I I messaged them. I was like, hey, can you put the VSync disabling in the PS4 ports? I don't think they'll ever respond, but (laughs) I sent that to them. You never know. You can just kind of like shoot you know, and see what happens, you know, maybe it'll snowball. My hope is that there's such a smaller division and, you know, shmups aren't super popular, that it's a rare case where fan mail is actually kind of like, whoa, whoa, we got some fan mail today. Let's see what it says. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Just go for it. So that's, yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. So you talked about it being a shift. So can you kind of paint the picture of maybe how you got into shmups and what it was like during the time you got into them and then how it evolved during the days of SDG Weekly and oh, okay. all the, that came after. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give a little F-man uh, bio. So <laughs> I'm, one of my earliest 
memories was playing like Space Invaders on the Atari 2600. And I was like, oh, wow, this has really good sound and whatnot. I was, and I was really young and I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then I would, there were arcades around. So I remember my dad took me to an arcade. And one of my earliest memories with Shmups is like, we were playing uh, Moon Cresta, a Nichibitsu game. And uh, that was really fun. I was like hanging out with my dad. We were kind of taking turns and that was really fun. Then flash forward, I remember, so I used to go to a gaming center in Santa Fe Springs. It was, we played like role-playing games, but it was a general like recreation center. So they brought arcade games in. And so you could play on these arcade games that were brought in by this kind person. And uh, just, they had, they were on free play. So one of them was uh, Star Force. And so I would kind of play a role-playing game and then maybe, you know, we'd have a break and I'd like, oh, I'm going to play some Star Force. So I'm this kid, like I'm, I think this is like either I'm in like junior high or like elementary school, I'm playing Star Force. So, you know, they've always been around and maybe when I was in arcade, I put in like a, a quarter and play, you know, whichever shmup that would be around. There were some in liquor stores too. I remember also playing Tiger Heli at the local or <laughs> local, um, liquor store next to my house but what was a real watershed moment flashing forward like after I I was in college I stuck around college the college town for kind of being the the cool guy for a while but then I was in a you know in a rock and roll band you know I have my girlfriend at the time so what ended up happening was in a span like I I lost uh you know I broke up my old lady at the time my band broke up and then I decided to like, you know, I need to go back to, to school and get a, go to grad school. So I moved back home. And so I lived in a college town and I never really got my license before. So I didn't really drive. I kind of hung out in my old room and, and I kind of turned to video games for like kind of my recreation. So that I didn't drive, like I ride my bike around town. So I got an Xbox 360 or I had my, I had a Dreamcast, I think. And then I would play shmups on that because there were a lot of games for that. And then I joined the shmups forum. I was like, oh, I saw there was like shmup meets around. And then there was a lot of talk where people had met up in the past. Ramus was one of the first ones that had allied. But there there wasn't any shmup meets that happened pretty soon. So I would kind of talk with people and there would be like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll have something. I don't know. So that was a Creighton we're posting in the threads. And then we're like, okay, I said, finally, like, let's go to Arcade Infinity because I think Necronopticus would go there. And so we we had a, a shmup meet, SoCal shmup meet kind of restarted up again. And we went to Arcade Infinity and they had a Mushihime-sama Futari cabinet. And then I remember going with, to meet Necronopticus, I think Shurin was another person from the forum that came. And then we watched Necronopticus, who was one of one of the really great players that came out. And I watched him like one CC uh, maniac mode in 1.5. And I was like, oh my gosh, whoa, whoa, this guy's crazy. Like I've never seen this before. And and uh, you know, and he's become a you know a friend. And then um a Creighton would come by and he was he's like one of the big collectors of shmups. His collection was amazing. And then we finally he came and then kind of since he got to know us, and I think him and Necronopticus were friends before, so he invited us to his place, 
And then that was Shmup Heaven. He has like every Shmup known to on PCB and had a great candy cap collection. And so I was like, oh, that infected me. I was like, so we would go over and play. And then the forum happened. I kept on staying on the forum. We kept on having meets. Then we participated. We put up together a Nanio shooting team for um, the SGG, uh, the Shmups Forum um, tournament, SDGT. So, mm-hmm. and then we, I participated in that, you know, and, and I just kept on playing. We, we'd kind of do score challenges against one another. I remember once he's seeing, I think, our police bat rider normal at a Creighton's house, and that was really awesome. So, yeah, it was really awesome. Droid started holding shmup, shmup meets, and so we would go over to his place, and he has a great collection of both classic and, like, some candy cabs, and we it just kind of snowballed from there. But uh, that's another thing that I was just like, you know what, we need to start having shmup meets again. And then later on what happened was I got my own apartment, then I bought cabs, candy cabs. I bought two new knit cities. Then I bought another cabinet. Then I started collecting shmup PCBs. And then I just, then I went crazy. Then I would like any shmup PCB. I would just be like, Oh, I'm going to get this. I would just get him. And then I just went crazy. And then, um, then I think either SCG weekly had happened. And then I was just like, I went full schmuck. You went Full in, huh? Yeah, and then I started going like, oh, we're going to have SGG Weekly panels at anime conventions. So I would just, hey, do you want, I would bill them as Japanese games. We did crazy, we did, me and Soft Drink did all these demos like at anime conventions, like Anime Los Angeles, uh, PMX, we do an Anime Expo. And that was also because Soft Drink's a very good player as well. So I wanted to him to get his dues and he did live one CCs. We went to level up for like um, the SoCal regionals. If you're for the fighting game mm-hmm. tournaments, and we had Vie, Tio Vie, Alex Vie was really kind enough to let us go in. I think Shinjin was also supporting us too, so we were able to show up and like set up some stations and talk to fighting game players and show off shmups. So we did. I kept on doing all these kind of, and then I held a shmup meet at my house. Then I held like all these crazy shmup meets. People brought candy cabs. Arcade game brought candy cabs to my house. So you're like the shmup missionary. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was really, just really into it, and really wanted to spread the genre. Well, I really respect that because that's always been a goal of mine as well. And you're definitely, you definitely took it a step further than I would be able to doing conventions and doing stuff like that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you know you you might do some. Things might grow, you know, you never know. So So I wanted to actually ask you, because you're from California, and in my mind, I always view California as like the mecca of arcades. It's the the motherland of great arcades and great, you know, arcade experiences and stuff. So kind of growing up and stuff, were shmups around in the arcades very often? Or because for me the shmups in my arcade, I was way more into fighting games, and the shmups in my arcade were Raiden 2 and one of those 1941s or something like that. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I want to say, so Romstar, which um, put out, is based in the city I live in, Torrance, like, 
they put out Tiger Heli, I think, and also Twin Cobra. I think Fabtech, I don't know if they were in California that put out the Raiden series. But I growing up, like I went like I was in arcades when they were really starting to bust. So the Japanese stuff hadn't filtered out here when I was going in. That was when I was really young, 30 years ago. But they would pop up. I would only see them in kind of liquor stores. And I think, or bowling alleys. I think Aquas was talking yeah. about bowling alley, like you would see. So yep. they, they would be like in the odd cab that would be out in location rather than like the big arcade still existing. And then you're like, oh, you would see all this other stuff. So I didn't start knowing about the whole history until there's still I, when I found Shmup's forum. So, and that's when I really started. Because there were other, not only were the, to find the games, but also the people too. You know, you're right. like, oh, I like this other, this this person posts. And I was like, oh, I really like reading their posts. Or, oh, it's kind of keeping on back on, in my mind. Oh, I want to like, see this content. And that's funny, you were mentioning how you were going to Level Up Arcade and all these different places, anime conventions and stuff, and doing these live panels and stuff. Because in the interview I have with Aquas, I mentioned, hey, what do you think of the idea of us crashing Evo one year and just showing up with a bunch of shmups and being like, hey, we're playing shmups at Evo this year. Are you going to Evo this year? Like, I've been... I'm not. Oh, I've been no. going. I went. But yeah, I mean, I did... Um... Oh, Aquas said, you should ask for Netic. That's something he'd do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be down for that, too. Like, there's a bring-your-own-console area. I did one for when... uh. Cinco Norande Duo was released. So I I talked with... Put that on again. Sorry. Name escapes me. I don't know either, so... Yeah. Um, so the, the developer, whoever it is. So G-Rev puts it out, but Dejika... Yeah, Dejika. I talked with Dejika, and they, they've been really nice to SGG Weekly. They said, awesome. yeah, we're, we'll give you, we'll give you a, a preview copy, and then you can... So I set up a station, two controllers, a Cinco Norande 2 by Dejika and then and so yeah people came and played and I was there like kind of showing people the game yeah I, I did that at Evo and then people were like oh wow that's so cool I got some players, awesome. not a lot so but yeah if someone would want to do that soft drink has been he's my big partner in crime so a lot of these things wouldn't have happened if it wasn't yeah it'd be hard to do it alone that's for sure yeah you need to have at least one other person Kind of uh, yeah, so you don't look mind. absolutely crazy. Yeah, they don't go like, what the, who is this? And uh, so kudos <laughs> to If there's two of you, it's like, okay, at least they're not that crazy because there's at least two of them. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, they convinced one, one convinced the other one that this is good, so it might be okay. So yeah, Soft Drink was my partner in crime. And so without him, I wouldn't been, have been able to put all the events that we did, so. But yeah, if if uh, shout outs to people that want to do stuff at Evo or something like uh, in a future Evo, let me know or future game events. I've been actually thinking a lot about next summer, not this one. So next summer, 2020, mm-hmm. getting a group of players together to invade Galloping Ghosts oh, and uh, okay. beat all the high scores on their cabinets, Ooh. do like a shmup invasion and go in there because it was motivated because we we're talking about Galloping Ghosts and then we're looking through their scoreboards like they have their own little scoreboards and stuff and the dodonpachi world record it said was 
150 million is what it was. Oh. And of course, that's like a really low score for a world record. And I was like, I need to go there and beat that score and be the world record holder in Dodonpachi. Yeah, I think. And then it kind of snowballed into, hey, we should go there and do that to all their scores well, and like make it a thing. If you want to do that, yeah, I'm off during the summer. So if you do that, like maybe we could do and rent it like an Airbnb and have like a shmup house. And like, that would uh, be crazy. And we would get an Airbnb outside of Galloping Ghost. And what we do is we'd go wake up, run score, attack all day go to have lunch, have a great dinner, and maybe like talk about what bounties we've gotten. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of people, especially a lot of people I interact with are from that area. And then, yeah. So then like me and you would have to travel a bit cause we're more West coast, but still like that seems to be a place. A lot of people can go is the Chicago area. Yeah. I think beats go runs, ran some meets out there too. So um, they used they call it the uh, Chicago Winterland Carnival. Who used to Doctor Boom used to run that. So and then uh, Beats Go kind of took the lead on that too. So maybe we could do a joint thing, and I'd be down with helping out with that too. So maybe we could start talking about it this January of next year or something. Yeah. Well, my thinking was that I was seriously considering the Evo thing. I was really, because I was going to go to Evo, and I was like, well, if I'm going to Evo, might as well do something shmup related. And so I was just kind of surveying the players I knew, like, hey, do you want to do this? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, everyone's like, uh, this sounds kind of sketchy, or this sounds like we'll get yelled at or something. Like, people weren't really digging the idea. And so I was like, okay, well, if I show up and it's just me, it's Evo, so I could just hang out at Evo. It wouldn't be that bad. So that was kind of my thinking with Galloping Ghosts, where if I organize this and then just me shows up, it's like, well, hell, I'm at Galloping Ghosts. I'll just play the shmup arcades. So it's good to have that backup. Yeah, it's like less of a risk than if I threw some random shmup meet just somewhere and it's just me and there's no no one shows up. It's like, well, if it's at Galloping Ghosts and it's just me, it's still worth the trip because I've always wanted to go there and play all the machines. So I think that's a good good attitude to have. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll put I'll put it in my calendar. Uh, for January, let me do that now, and then we can start planning. I'm I'm a ver in planning, and and uh, I'm not always good at it. <laughs> I think that would be really cool because it it seems feasible for me to do to get out there, yeah, and do that. So. came up with i even came up with a little a uh, little title for it it's called shmup invasion 2020 Ooh, i like that yeah yep because we're coming to show those galloping ghost scoreboards that they're not holding real world records on. <laughs> like it's in good fun yeah. obviously but 
I think it'd be kind of yeah, funny that's to true. do that. To like go there and beat all their records. Well, I think Galloping Ghosts would, the arcade owners would be amused. That's like, whoa, the, a shmup community actually exists, and here they are playing the games. Here we are in the flesh, and then yeah. I'm, I'm in your beating your scores. <laughs> you know, yeah. So transitioning, something you mentioned earlier that I definitely want to learn more about is your PCB collecting because. I'm no collector, and I really don't have the space or money at this point in time, but I do have a fascination with the hardware, and so I have had a little taste of it, so I want to learn more about it. Um, so 2011 is when I got my candy cabs. Uh, I bought two new Net Cities. They're perfect from um, Ken at the Game Room, who had Distro uh, points in Anaheim and I think Las Vegas. So a Creighton was really nice to me, and he would like kind of I got to preview his collection and then I kind of was just I went nuts on the forums and just like when things would come up I'd be like oh yeah I want to get that I want to get that too um I think there was like a post I remember it was it was like strikers 1999 and uh our police bat rider and I think battle garega I just said hey I'm going to get all of them I I, I remember wow. that was that was a distinct, oh, I'm just going to get everything that this person is selling. And then the guy's like, oh, this guy wants everything. Okay, I'll I'll sell it to him. And then people were amazed. They were like, I think Dave K was just like, oh, that was like a boss. <laughs> it kind of heralded. Baller. Yeah, this, he was like, someone else posted like, oh, this sold within the same day or like an hour or two. And I was... I was just like, hey, I was holding these meets and I would love to have other people play these too. So that was my mind as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Get Give people a chance to play the, the cabs and everything. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kind of also, like, not only for myself, but like, yeah, I think it would be cool to have these games so other people could play. Because it kind of, I wanted to be like kind of the arcade operator and like, oh yeah, I want to like, I have these games. Because I used to hang out in arcades when I was a kid. I would go every day to this one on the corner and I was just you know what if I could I think my parents asked me like what I wanted to be when I grew up like when I was that age and I was like oh I want to be an arcade operator what mm -hmm. what are you talking about but in my mind there was nothing cooler than the guy would walk around with the with all the keys to the arcade games on his belt get the quarters out of the machine yeah you know and what he would do is like in a machine give himself a couple credits and play and I thought if I could just do that I would just be so happy to open up that the arcade funny. machine, give myself some credits, and play on the arcade machine. I know. That's funny because, yeah, I was an arcade kid too. And I remember I'd come home from the arcade, and I would fantasize about ways to trick the arcade machine into giving me free credits. And life is complete now. It was like the best thing ever to think about just being able to play arcade games for free. Yeah. It, it's funny because you know consoles came and there's console ports and stuff but it was, still wasn't the same as playing the arcade machine so yeah i had a very similar experience there yeah so i was able to be shown like okay here's the right way you get the pcb you store it in an anti-static bag you put it in a certain orientation um you put it in boxes here's stuff to like oh you know and ask an arcade otaku that was a great resource and um it just kind of really blossomed when I moved out 
my apartment after like I had moved back home. I finished grad school. I got like a full time job, and then I was like, okay, it's time to move out. And I wanted, I had was with my longtime girlfriend now wife, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be. I'm probably going to stay with this, my girlfriend. We're probably gonna get married, but I want to have like that year of bachelordom. So that was mm-hmm. kind of buying the cabs and just blowing my money on on VCBs before I got married was kind of like it went hand in. I guess shmups could have been my were my mistress at that time. Yeah, that's funny because I've never been a big video game collector, but I was pretty hardcore for a while into collecting records and rare records and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, I collect records too. Yeah. Yeah. And it it got to a point there where I remember one day, you know how you said you were a boss and you bought up all that guy's PCBs in an hour or whatever? Yeah. I remember one day I sat down and literally spent months worth of money in one day, like, picking up all these rare records. It just did happen. I was like, bam, I got all the records in one day. Then they all show up. Whoa, this is kind of, this is kind of crazy. Did you have any moments like that where all the PCBs show up and you're like, holy crap? (laughs) I think there was like, yeah, there was like a, probably a month of me buying like a lot. It would just kind of come up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I used to collect Japanese RPGs and uh, I like playing those. I still like playing those. And I think you can do both. You can play shmups. You can play RPGs. Oh, yeah. I think what happened. Oh, oh here's the thing. So I I was getting my one of my other cabinets this uh, Egret three with a Toshiba Pure Plat monitor, that was like a rumor to have like a that type of. Normally they have a Chinese Weiya's in, but there was a rumor that Egret threes um, had this monitor. And then what ended up happening was I went to a game store, and they were selling these. And then I looked at the back and I was like, oh man, this is a Toshiba Pure Flat. So what ended up happening was like I had a lot of old console stuff and i traded it towards this cab and so that was kind of like oh i can trade like a like a candy cab and that was like oh i'm just gonna do this that was crazy and so like that was to and then i let all most of my friends know hey this guy has cabinet you should get in on this yeah cabinets are not easy to come by especially these days i've really got a lot of joy i wanted to host shmup meets and i kind of so in that small apartment, I had so many people over. We had Alimony, Trap 15, Black Oak, Dave K came down. Um, and just everyone came to play these cabs. And then we had, I had my own space. And so that was, I mean, getting, collecting PCBs is kind of, was kind of fun, is kind of fun. But to have people come over and share, and they would bring their own collection because I didn't own a lot of Gradius games, but Alimony brought his collection over, and we just all pitched in super guns, different monitors. Mm-hmm. You know, we just all had our own thing going for the day. We had grilling sausages. I think the French players know how to do that. Olisan would post stuff, and I would like, oh, I want to do beats like that where we have food and fun and shmups. Yeah, and I remember you did one just not that long ago. That I saw the pictures from that one where. Yeah. It sounded like it looked like you guys were having like a BBQ and playing shmups. Yeah, yeah. I I took a big hiatus since I've been um busy with a new job and also moving, but I would hold shmups at my house and shmup meets and then just have as many people could come out. 
to play and celebrate the genre and just like people to get to know each other. And I think from those meets, like people met each other and they've been good friends since those, if not my meets, but like at droids meets, we all still get together. So. Yeah. There's something definitely about that where like, I haven't had that with shmups yet because I'm in the middle of nowhere, but Mm. with fighting games, a lot of my good friends come from the fighting game scene and going to tournaments together and, Oh, you know, that's doing all cool. that. Yeah, being competitive players, going to tournaments. One of my friends, who was from Chicago, funnily enough, we used to go around and uh, farm like little tournaments in, in our area. And sometimes we'd drive out three or four hours to this tournament and we'd win. And the prize would be like free milkshakes at a restaurant or wow. something. It's like, yeah, we're just doing this for the hell of it. But That's fun. Were you yeah. playing? Was this uh, like Street Fighter or Tekken or... Well, I played Street Fighter 4 and Melee at the time, mm. and I was way better at Melee than Street Fighter 4. I was pretty good at both, mm. but yeah, so yeah, I'm a Melee player. People oh, have mixed wow. feelings about that. <laughs> no, I like I like Melee. I, when I was at EVO watching the Armada and Hungrybox match, that was so great. Yeah, I, I like the game a lot, and um, yeah, being a competitive player too, and I played other games competitively too, yeah. it wasn't just Melee, it's kind of fun comparing the experience of being a competitive like fighting game player to being an ex- you know a shmup player where it's competitive but it's more like parallel rather than head to head yeah and so it, it tests you in different ways than a fighting game does that's true and you know aquas and i would battle out in street fighter 4 because i main dan and i and i came in <laughs> i came in like third at a tournament i beat the insanity in one match with Dan with Dan like but he wasn't <laughs> playing so here's the funny thing he was playing evil Ryu and then I beat him with Dan and I was like play your main because he wasn't playing his main and then he beat me but it was still fun to like beat him and me and Aquas would kind of play he was at, he's a very good rose player actually and he would play in tournaments and in fighting games since I play him and I play third strike and super turbo at a friend's house just down the street we meet every week i'm going to meet him tomorrow actually i think fighting game players since they're so popular like i think they would like shmups too which is kind of a sad thing you know i think if they just gave it a try i've talked about this a few times where i feel like the fgc is maybe the the highest potential of crossover i used to think it was speedrunning, but i feel like the fgc is just as equally because i'm from fighting games and a lot of people that are kind of getting into shmups that I know are kind of from the fighting game scene as well. So there's definitely that link there with the arcade. Yeah, I hope maybe it'll reach like critical mass with that. And then, uh, I, you know, I still believe it. You know, we want to level up. Yeah, that's awesome. Something will happen. So it just takes time. So I do want to learn a little more about how collecting arcade games and shmups has changed over the years. Because from what I've heard, it's become a lot more difficult to get your hands on things. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, candy cabs have kind of gone down to get. I think you can get them still, but now it's like PCBs are really hard to get now. Right. I went to Japan uh, pretty recently, and then like their prices are crazy, not only here. Really? So it's just, but now I think I've always been, even though I'm like a PCB collector, I love people that play in MAME. I think it's great. Now we're getting the ports from M2 that are going to Mm -hmm. PS4. So I think it's, we're getting maybe another renaissance where like 
yeah, PCBs are nice, but there's all these great ports that are coming out by M2, so don't despair. And it's interesting to see if there's a parallel with retro gaming collection because because I follow it pretty closely, even though I'm not a collector myself, which is kind of funny. It seems like the past few years, two or three years, the huge bubble of retro games where they're getting insanely expensive and kind of inflated is starting to go down where people are just saying, screw it, we'll buy flashcards now or we'll just emulate them or whatever. Do you think that that will hold true for PCB or is that market so niche that it will never do that? <laughs> that's interesting about prices. You know, I don't know. That's really, that's really a good question. You would think like, yeah, Battle Garego, let's see what maybe happens with this physical edition. Uh, I know that the Korean one came out, but let's see if limited run games, even with them, they put out Battle Garega and it's sold out. Like it's not, like the physical version is not. Oh, really? The uh, the M2 yeah, one? Yeah, the M2. Limited run yeah. games. So one. maybe the, 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 Korean, the Korean version will still continue to be put out. It hasn't gotten an impact when the M2 release came out on PS4, the non-physical one. It didn't really drive down Garega prices. Maybe even spike them a Maybe. little bit because people are like, hey, this is a cool game. Let's actually buy this. And then yeah. the, the high rollers can actually buy it. And then everyone else is yeah. like, oh, it's too expensive. What might happen is like maybe when the FG, FPGA technology gets really great and, uh, you know, they do some sort of like emulation of that with, you know, FPGA hardware. I welcome it yeah. you know, because like these PCBs, they don't last forever. You know, they break. Some chip goes bad, the battery explodes. Right. So, and some of these are custom chips. And then it's game over? For real? For real game over. Yeah, it's real game. But then, you know, play a port. So when I talk about PCB prices, you know, I'm not really great happy that like, hey, I bought, you know, and I I have investments. <laughs> like I don't buy the PCBs as investments. You know, they're they're more like I wanted to play, I was kind of hoping that I would build up my PCB collection. Maybe that there was like when round one came over or right. maybe an arcade would open with someone would be into candy cabs. I've been trying hard to go like, hey, I have this collection. Like, do you want me to put, I even drove out to like an arcade in Riverside and I was like, hey, can I put this PCB on location? I don't want profit. I just want people to be able to play this game in an arcade setting so that's what i've been doing it for too have it like kind of make the arcade live again or maybe in a barcade but they've been mostly about classic games and pinball uh, which yeah. i love i love too but i'm kind of looking for like that arcade ufo or that akihabara arcade right yeah i think it'd be interesting to compare our experiences with arcades right now because for some reason, somehow, my childhood arcade is still open somehow. Oh, like, wow. That's It's awesome. a miracle from God that thing's still open. Wow. It's good, and it's also kind of sad, because every time I visit, it's like watching someone slowly die, where it's just like, uh-oh, there goes the Tekken Tag machine, oh, it's gone. Oh, you're like, this oh, is there's not Goodbye, Soul Calibur 2. Yeah, like, you can literally watch the machines die and then disappear. It's <sighs> like, oh... There goes X-Men, there goes The Simpsons, there goes Lucky and Wild. It's just like slowly happening. But sometimes there'll be a fun surprise. I go in there and all of a sudden there's LA Machine Guns. I'm like, whoa, LA Machine Guns? 
why why have, is have you played that it's like the big gun gun game right it's like it's a sega light gun game but instead of having a little pistol it's a machine gun it's really fun anyway I think so i've said that yeah there's one in the redondo beach pier that's going out of business too and that was kind of the one of the like why is this still around or i'm so glad this is still around and they had all sorts of like carny games like shoot out the star and yeah they had like a zero gunner one there and i was like wow this is amazing zero gunner one and so i'd play that sometimes but what's kind of replacing it is the barcade i wanted to hear your thoughts on barcades because i have some thoughts so i want to oh, hear yours first okay yeah i mean i so there's it's big out here i mean 84 is really huge it's done great things for pinball shout outs to molly atkinson for running that spot they have a a champion edition out there or either hyper fighting yeah yeah mine does too yeah so i played that against people and like i was beating some guy and they were just super into it they were just like so focused and when they would like so what happened was i beat this guy and he was just so elated that he could play and he was pretty good too and i was like we shook hands he gave me a hug and he was like man that was really fun you guys in California are so awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really... <laughs> that shit does not happen in Idaho. I'm yeah. just telling you right now. Yeah, I guess that's really great. That's some so people that were so enthusiastic. And uh, I hope something might happen where some big. So what pinball happened is because I play pinball as well, that some of these like well-heeled people got in and they collected and they had enough to pay rent for a space. And then they put them in and then it kind of grew from there so i'm just like maybe maybe someone will buy a whole bunch of candy cabs and put them in a space and then like i can come along and say hey i have all these P don't buy pcbs because i have you know this collection i'll let you use them and then but that hasn't happened yet but yeah but maybe it will maybe like i kind of was talking with people like yeah, maybe we could have like a barcade or maybe like espresso bar because I used to be a barista in my past life. And then we would drink espresso shots and espresso drinks and then like play shmups, you know, and be all wired out on caffeine and like <laughs> play to grind on high scores like all day and all night or something. No need for rapid fire anymore. Yeah. Their hands, their hands are jacked up enough to do it now. <laughs> yeah, we would have like maybe a special espresso drink with like 16 shots per second you know and like, <laughs> and like it would be like a whole tall glass of 16 shots of espresso that people can, you'd have to sign a waiver if you drank it <laughs> so there's a barcade that uh popped up um it's not in my town but it's at a, a town a couple hours away from me uh -huh. and it's kind of like the hot new thing and it's interesting because uh, this is probably different for you because we're from a little bit of different arcade generations i guess you could say where I'm assuming when you're going to the arcades, like the hot stuff was Street Fighter 2 and that era of, of games. Yeah, yeah. Even uh, even before that, too. Like Yeah. And mine was Tekken Tag and Tekken 4 and the 90s, the mid-90s mm. mid arcade games were like the hotness for me. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a bummer for me because I go there and I, I dig the older games because I did play those, too. But I'm like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind a, a Tekken Tekken Tag cab in here or like a Soul Calibur or Soul Calibur 2 or like Virtua Fighter, you know, like those, yeah. that area of games. And 
the arcade owners are not interested in those. They're like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, they're it's, that's not our jam, boy. Yeah, it seems like they're like even an older generation than us, right? And they have a lot more money, and they're like, nope, I want centipede, like Pac Man, yeah, or um. There's actually like a hard rule where they won't get arcade games past 91 or something like that. Yeah. Like they have an actual written rule of no, we don't get machines past this day. Oh man, you're you're cutting out a lot of really good games here. We could play some Third Strike. Yeah. You know, we could play some cool stuff. I think that's so it's very driven by nostalgia, right? And so yeah. I just think maybe those people that are nostalgic for those games aren't old enough and have enough money to do it. So right. I totally get you because I, in addition to these crazy panels and showing up at Evo with the shmups, I would cold call like these barcades and like, I even like emailed a person from round one and he's like, are you an LLC business? And I'm like, no, but they're not, they weren't <laughs> interested. They like want to play a lot of Donkey Kong and they want to play yep. zookeeper. And I was like, Oh, this is rad. But like, I actually offered, I was like, hey, can I buy a candy cab and bring a candy cab? I'm not asking for money. I just want to put a candy cab with one of my shmups on it. And they were they were not even hot on that. They were just like, what? You know, like, you're, mm-hmm. not, you're not an owner of, you're not tight with us. And I was like, okay. You know, so. Yeah, the arcade, because it's funny because you mentioned dreams of being an arcade owner. And there was a while there where I seriously considered opening my own arcade. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, because I had this whole plan of doing it mm-hmm. because I'm kind of a, obsessive about arcade hardware and stuff, too. And one thing that really pissed me off is I went over to that uh, barcade and a lot of the machines had malfunctioning buttons, malfunctioning coin slots, malfunctioning sticks. Uh-huh. And I was furious. I was like, no, you can't, you've got to fix this. Yeah. This is bad because everyone hates when they go to the arcade and none, nothing works. People leave and then that's it. In my opinion, the sin of the arcade owners to have broken yeah. machines and stuff like that. It's. Yeah. And so I had this whole plan of opening my own arcade and like having my own arcade sticks that were nicely taken care of and not using those crappy American sticks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like hap controls. I grew up on that. But yeah, I mean, like, let's get Japanese candy cabs. Let's get like cherried out, you know, all Sanwa Simitsu on the respective games. And, you know, Arcade Shock is a fighting game stick parts that just is in my town. And I'm just feeling, I hope something might have a critical mass. What I might do is I might talk to some of the traveling arcades that like tokyo attack or game sorrows yeah um that go visit and i think majors does stuff on the west coast for magfest and so and maybe just like go out to one of those and say hey like i've got my collection what would you like to see and just kind of have a lineup like so it might be at i can't do it at the convention in santa clara which is called a cax classic arcade game expo Uh uh-huh and so maybe i'll do that because i did take a candy cab and we went to one of the uh, video game conventions and I set up that with Garega when the anniversary happened. Kevin DDR oh, nice. came out, Jep, Jep, Jep. Gus was playing uh, Futari on Xbox 360. We did a demo. Soft Drink came. Radical came out. Yeah, if you're able to get your machine into one, you can get it into all of them. Like, you'll get the cred you need. It's like, 
if you can get into MAGFest and have some kind of, I don't know, have them sign something that said, the machine was at MAGFest and he didn't cause any problems. And then you could take that from, like, MAGFest and you con- you contact someone else be like, hey, I was at MAGFest and they really liked me. And they're like, oh, well, yeah. if MAGFest liked you, we'll, okay, we'll give you a, tra- a chance. Yeah, you know? so anyone out there listening to this podcast, like, if you're running an arcade out here in California or you want to set up, like, let me know. And uh, I'll send you my spreadsheet and uh, let's make it happen. So I'm still still into that. I'll buy a cab. Like I can, I know where I can get candy cabs. So like, let me know. I just need the space. <laughs> yeah. So what is the scene like right now in California for shmups? If you go to an arcade, are you going to find a shmup there? I don't like maybe an 84. I'm hoping maybe the barcades will come around and maybe have a candy cab. There's been some more suppliers, but they're mostly putting out like music and rhythm games. Oh, okay. So I think the scene out here currently is like there's actually a growing arcade culture. It's just not growing in the sense of like Japanese games and then getting into Japanese shmups, like or shmups. So, but maybe the barcades will hit a critical mass. There was, um, Ralph from Family Fun Arcade that had a spot called Japan Arcade. And I mm-hmm. met up with him and I did approach him, one of his staff members, and he's like, oh yeah, you were the Schmuck PCB guy, but we, you know, we closed soon after you approached him. But like, if it was earlier, I would have totally been happy to do that. So if I see another Japanese arcade, I hope we'll open up where someone sees barcades and they like, well, I want to do this with Japanese candy cabs. Then I can reach out to them. But there's... 84, there's also Button Mash. You can go to CAX. People are coming more in Anime Expo. There's some more people bringing, I think Game Saru brings like arcade cabinets out there. So I just need to tag up with him. Yeah. But we're not too crazy about opening up our own space because real estate out here is so insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so I had. A question that I think is well suited to someone like you've been doing, going around, trying to get people interested in the genre. And then, of course, with SCG Weekly, like online, doing that through basically every method available. What do you think about the future of shmup popularity? If it's going to go up, how that's going to look? Oh, what that's going to look like exactly. What's your outlook on that? I'm crazy. Like, I'm thinking that there's going to be this critical moment that Cause it happened with Tetris and I hosted like the TGM video that we did as a side episode called awesome game replays. Mm-hmm. And that would ended up happened. Like Mike Hagar, Pablo Mike Hagar, like brought, had hosted like a lot of the great Western TGM players from America. I mean, there's a lot of great European players, but we had color thief, Alex Kerr, Kevin DDR, and they came out and, they were in my garage and we we streamed an awesome game replays episode on Tetris the Grandmaster. And then they used that video to go to S to GDQ and then Tetris came out. There was a low test for TGM4 and then like Tetris 99 came out. So I'm just thinking that something's gonna happen and then Shmups will finally have its day again. A lot of people in the Shmup scene feel right now that it's just it's just kind of hopeless and we're going to be going further and further down the road of obscurity. But just in my ventures of trying to get the genre out there more and talking to more people outside the community and stuff, I feel like 
there's sort of an undercurrent going on where that tide may appear sooner than people expect, where shmups will have their chance, at least, for more popularity. Yeah, I'm thinking of like a huge stadium with screaming people and like uh, like a <laughs> washoi big screen like they do in Japan. Someone playing like a live demo and just people crying or screaming joy. <laughs> like it's like they're just all these bullets around this holding screen, their babies, holding their babies, <laughs> like lifting them up against the, you know, to the sky, you know, <laughs> bathed in the light of pink bullets, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm thinking something's got to happen because shmups are the most like collectible things. And I just think something's got to happen where, Oh, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but you know, I've yeah. I feel like it could happen a number of ways. One of them is I feel like it might happen a little bit with younger, actually with younger people, not with people even my own generation. I view gaming generations like five years. Every mm -hmm. five years, you're a new gaming generation of people. Yeah. I feel like it won't be people in their late 20s. I feel like it'll be people in their teens now and stuff that will pick up on them and kind of run with them. Because think of it from a younger player's perspective. Speedrunning is like boring to them now i feel like for mm. younger players or it's like starting to get a little boring because it's like oh yeah what's the next well, thing did what's you the know new that thing? gdq mikey uyama used to run sdgt the shooting game that's tournament. crazy i yeah. didn't know that yeah so um he used to run tournaments on shmups forum back in the day like 2008 2007 maybe even earlier and so who knows maybe it'll come around circle you know right that's what i'm starting to wonder where because shmups are hella exciting live demonstrations. Yeah. They're way... Love the genre. It's so high stakes that it's not like when you're watching certain speedruns where the commentators really need to lay out to you what the stakes are. Like shmups, it's obvious what the stakes are. One mistake, you're dead. Game over. Yeah. Ship explodes. Like it's such a high tension viewing experience that I don't see how it's not translating over to a wider appeal. Other than just people not giving it a chance. Yeah, I think maybe it'll be like something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. You're going to there'll be like shmup celebrities, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and then uh, people knocking on your door for your autograph. Yeah, there'll be like you're the founder of SDG Weekly. <laughs> maybe you're... not me, but maybe like, <laughs> but maybe players will have like just all these other people, you know, gamers, you know, Plasmo. Yeah. The Toho crew, you know, like Maribel and, and uh, Minogame, you know, and just like, I hope they get their day because they put in a lot of work and it would be nice if they get a return in the way that they want to. Maybe they don't want fame, but I just, when when I was at TohoCon and we had Cork, Nereid, excuse me, and um, Minogame did like, I called it, was it Toho shooting? Toho Carnival? I, for, I forget what we, but we they were playing live and I was just like, this is insane. It was just totally great to see them play. I maybe some commentator like screaming and people crying and I don't know, just like, look at he's doing it. Look at all the point, you know, and just like people like getting so super hype and like pumping their fists and like yelling too. <laughs> I don't know. Well, think about you could do something that like that with Crimson Clover with all the the stars and everything. Like I could see there being memes about the stars or whatever yeah you know what i mean ours and like equal money for the esports players <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they'll be like uh, on their yachts yeah i got 
X amount of points in like Butari Ultra, <laughs> and now it's funded this yacht that I'm on, and like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I just some, I just wish, I just something, something might happen. A schmuck pro player. always been trying to apply for speed running like in, in gdq for shmups and yeah it's marathon safe it's different criteria so maybe something might change when something comes up with that we started awesome game yeah. replays to kind of kind of transition in there a little bit you know and that's our own thing but um hopefully maybe something comes around we're always keep on trying there was an episode of the frame savers podcast where I was a guest on their show, and then oh, I got wow. to kind of, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I got to kind of get to know them a little better and kind of get my foot in the door a little bit before it all kind of came crashing down. But it's like one of their last episodes, they have a Q&A with uh, that, the famous GDQ commentator guy. I'm trying to remember his name. Anyway, so that and he helps organize a lot of the runs and everything. And we got to ask him questions, and one of my questions was... Hey, can we get a shmup demonstration in GDQ? Can we do a shmup? And he was kind of like, maybe, like maybe one, maybe one's all we need. If we could get one in there, not complete dead time slot. I mean, that could be a good thing. Yeah. Hopefully maybe with that too. Come on, Mike Yuama. Remember where your roots are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. One more question for you. So let me make sure it's a good one. Damn good one okay. before it's over. Let's close it out on it. Here's your really excellent top tier question. It's that, so you've talked about kind of being, one of your roles in the community has been kind of nurturing the community and helping move it forward. So what is your advice to the next generation of people in the community or newer members of the community or people who've been around a while as to what can we do to help grow the community and what are some good ideas for that? I think. One is like, don't yuck another person's yum. You know, if someone's pretty interested in something, like just let them have a good time, you know? Yeah. Uh, cause, don't be a hater. Yeah, don't be a hater. Because I know we're very particular on Shmups Forum. You know, we always like, oh, yeah, we're the hardcores of the hardcore. But you know what? Life's short. And like, just let's be good people online and, and in person. So uh, to push that forward, just... And maybe be a like evangelist, like a shmup evangelist. Like you're at a fighting game tournament, you're in the casual area with BUIOC. Like bring a shmup, take that. Make sure you bring like a monitor. I I like the like the Ben Q's. Wrote, turn it on its side, yeah. blow people as mine when you tate it, and then like you know put on Futari 1.5, and they can use. They're like, whoa, you just broke your monitor, dude. Yeah. It's, it's freaking sideways. It's sideways, man. and you're like, oh, what are you using your shmup fighting stick for? Well, I'm gonna play. Sh 
shmups on this. And, you know, put yourself out there, play Toho, go out and like showcase it at gaming places. Arcade operators, like put up Candy Cab, I'll put a PCB. But I think nurturing the, is like communicating, thinking of crazy ideas to promote. See if you can try to find other people in your area and think about maybe you can throw a shmup meet at your house. Maybe you can go to a, that gaming convention instead of like, yeah, it's good to buy and sell stuff, but like maybe set up a little area and you can like talk about shmups. It goes with a lot of planet and don't be afraid. Like you're not afraid to get hit by a bullet and retry to once you see a game, like use that same tenacity and like, you know, share this wonderful genre with everybody. You know, I've I got a new job now. I'm a professor, you know, in addition to being a librarian. When I plan, we kind of pass off me and Aquas like recruited a lot more people to be the new SGG weekly, like second gen. And they're doing mm -hmm. their own thing. So yeah, think about the next generation and like give them the tools that they need to get into shmups. And like I said, shmups kind of taught me a lot to be persistent. It kind of helped me to get my new job. So look outside of like just the game and kind of think of how it's helped you. You can pass that on to, to other people by spreading shmups around. So I hope that's kind of, I know it kind of sounds weird and incoherent, but. Uh, no, it sounds good. Yeah, I really believe in the genre. It's so unique. It's kind of given me the the grit to kind of just keep on pushing forward and just trying crazy things. Because like it's like, oh, look at this total insurmountable. I remember when I was playing Pro Gear, and I was like kind of credit feeding to like see, and like I remember seeing the last boss, which has three forms, a ball box, and I was like, how am I ever gonna once like pass the first loop on this? Like this is impossible. Like. By playing shmups, it kind of gave me the the desire and like steel to like do. I remember getting this in this tenure track position right now as being a professor. I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm not an academic. And then I was like, okay, I got to strategize. I got to like, I treated like things like stage one. I'm going to take classes, you know, through my professional. I'm going to go ahead and get a part-time position. Uh, I'm going to go to this past certain parts like the mid boss like in a stage like in a shmup so yeah it definitely teaches you to plan ahead and route stuff out because you kind of have to otherwise the game murders you so. yeah the game murders <laughs> so yeah like in life if you want to get ahead you plan and route it out and because i was able to like i don't have really great scores or like but i have you know okay i think i have okay scores in some games and i've once cc'd some games I play a lot of other games too that have been, you know, Mahjong has been really, Japanese Mahjong has been really big and I play a lot of fighting games. It's games in general are just like provide you such an environment that you can keep on testing life to the fullest, to go full shmup and also go full in your life. Yeah, well, thanks for so, so much for coming on, man. I was really happy that I was able to do this interview with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, it's it's really nice to to kind of just speak my thoughts, and it's really thank you so much. I'm really flattered and uh, to be to kind of give my thoughts on the the whole scene, what shmups mean to me. So, yeah, I, well, I'm sure people are gonna be looking forward to hearing it. I know yeah, I was. So, I was like, holy crap, frenetic interview. I got to get this done now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna go do this like uh, galloping ghost arcade. So shmup invasion to 2020. 
you heard it on here. Um, I'm going to help out with planning with that and uh, we'll see what happens. So, Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, this is the F-Man signing out. Thank you.